I have no need to prove to people that look at me, look at me, look at me, that I'm this, I'm that. It's like, I know I'm this. I'm simply going to execute. I don't need to tell anyone or prove to anyone who I am and what I'm doing. I simply speak my unconditional truth. Help me welcome the man who went from being a banquet waiter to now having facilitated summits with people such as Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street, my friend, Mr. Ray Pang. Do not let your own insecurities get dragged into the picture where you begin to build a business. If you can sell, you will never be hungry. Like you will always have money in the bank. Sell because you can literally sell anything. The primary first step is selling us to us. How does someone sell themselves to yeah. themselves? Number one is... Um, if you go back to your 18 year old self, <laughs> little boy in Singapore, what would be 30 seconds of advice you'd give him? Six. Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Alrighty guys, welcome back to the Dream Out Loud podcast and today's guest is a speaker, a business mentor who focuses, focuses on transforming businesses into high-performing entities that reflect the person's core values and mission. Growing up in Singapore and attending two years in the military, then moving to Australia at 21 to study and get a good career, after eight months in the workforce, he found himself being made redundant and his eyes was absolutely screwed by the system. Spending his last bit of money on a business mentor, he got to work with nothing but $400 left in his bank account. Very quickly built his first business up to 10K a month and then exploded his own agency to over $220,000 a month in just two years. So please help me welcome the man who went from being a banquet waiter at the Ritz-Carlton at 15 years old to now having facilitated summits with people such as Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street, Jim Quick and Sabri Subi plus so many more. My friend, Mr. Ray Pang. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been yeah. a long time coming this <laughs> it's episode. It's been a long time coming. But I was thinking, we, we've actually, you have been on this podcast. We did a, we did a round table oh, yeah. uh, podcast with the only four-way podcast I've ever done. We had Kane, Sean, yeah. and you up in Ellie. Um, but the recording for that was super shitty. <laughs> so we'll make sure this though. one's good. <laughs> So, Ray, I want to I want to talk straight away um, yeah. into obviously you've created. How how old are you now? Um, twenty eight this year. So you're twenty seven now. I'm twenty eight. You're twenty. Oh, yeah. so you are twenty eight now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cool. So twenty eight. I've known you a few years. Um, yeah. I've seen you create huge success, burn it down, and then restart it again, <laughs> which is so cool to see what you're doing now because it's all way more in my eyes integrated on purpose for you. So I can't wait to get into that. But talk to us first. How do you think the system completely fucked you? <laughs> well, um, growing up when I was young, I mean, um, coming from a Southeast Asian culture and from a um, society such as Singapore, 
we were very focused on uh, meritocracy, which means your academic results determine your self-worth, right? So when that happens, all you really know in life is to get good grades, get into good schools, right? And yeah, be better than everyone else academically, right? However, right, um, for me, I wasn't someone that was passionate about chemistry, science, mathematics, and so on and so forth. Like, I love language, but anything else, like I was just falling through the cracks. So we begin to realize like the education system, it is a one-size-fits-all system. If you do not get an A, you're not good enough. If you get a B, you're average. If you get a C, sometimes depending on the culture you come from, you're deemed a failure. So when there is such a meritocratic structure in place, and they only focus on specific subjects based on their understanding of society or based on what employers require, then we do not really give, we're not really given the opportunities to explore more to life than what is being dictated to us. So coming from such a one-size-fits-all system where your grades determine your self-worth, um, there were so many times I felt as though I do not belong in this society or that I wasn't good enough in the system or not good enough in this society because my grades weren't good enough, which really affected um, levels, depths of my self-worth in terms of who I was, um, who I want to be, right, on a societal level. So when you, so, so you got made redundant and I remember we were having dinner one night and you were yeah. telling me actually your whole story and I was like, that's fucking wild. So I want to sort of touch on it a bit. You, you invested $4,000 or $5,000 yeah. left for $400 in your bank account. Yeah. So you got made redundant, right? This is all the money you had where most people would be like, oh my God, I don't have a job. I don't have security. I need to hold it. I need to protect myself. I need to be safe. You were like, screw it. And you put it all down. You put everything on the line. What, what did that feel like? It was a huge inflection point and I've always said this to everyone like when people ask me, you know, what was the point in life where everything just shifted for you? It was at the exact point of time I decided to choose me because um, I lived through life, you know, um, in order to lead a successful life, you have to get into a good university, get a good job, get a good salary and potentially get married, have a house and so on and so forth, right? So I was doing my best to follow um, that path that my parents have decided you know that that was what it meant to be successful the society has decided that that was what it was what it meant to be successful and i did my best with that because after um feeling um not being able to get into any local universities in singapore because of my college exams um i couldn't i was just like what am i supposed to do in my life right now and my parents decided to send me to australia and to continue my further studies because that was all they knew so going down that route i was i wanted to prove to them that um, after so much they've sacrificed financially to send me to Australia that I could be successful um, academically. And I graduated and I followed the path, like good grades, um, pretty solid university, um, getting to a good job, had a salary of 60K a year. I was like, fuck, fuck, you know, I'm, I'm now successful. Now I am actually following the path. But when I was made redundant, everything else shattered. Like, mm. um, all of a sudden, the success that people have told you for so long that from the start did not resonate with you anyway, now just fell through the cracks. And now you're left wondering, what am I meant to do with my life right now? Especially when I was the first employee in the startup company, I had a vision of being an executive director or um, being one of the team managers or so and so forth. I thought my entire future was in this company. So when I fell short, it's like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And I followed this path that my parents have told me, what now? And that was when I decided something needs to change because like if I applied for another job, 
there is no such thing as job security. Mm. You know, job security is such a myth. Um, at any point in time, the company um, realizes that you're not a valuable resource or you're no longer needed because of financial issues, you can more or less just be made dispensable, yeah. right? So I was like, I'm not going to put myself in a position where my financial future is in the hands of another and I'm just going to focus on what, am, what, am, what do I actually want for me? And that decision was, despite how scary it was, being in a foreign country with no income coming in, it was also very expensive because for the first time, I was truly making a decision for me. Hmm. What did the first 30 days in business look like for you? Once you hit, <laughs> when you hit the ground running, you're like, here's my investment. I'm in, teach me. What did the first 30 days look like for you? <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny because um, the program that I invested in was a client acquisition program for copywriters, right? But I wasn't a copywriter. You weren't a copywriter. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a copywriter. I was just like, I'm um, looking at one of the case studies. If this 19-year-old kid could do it, why can't I? Mm. So that was all I, I, all I focused on, right? And so when I invested, I realized, oh, oh, fuck. I've, I've got to learn how to do copywriting. <laughs> I've got to um, understand the ins and outs of what marketing is, what sales is, what the online game is. So the first 30 days was just full-on focused learning. I was just like um, literally um, signing up to multiple different email lists, understanding why people are sending this kind of emails, uh, copy-pasting every single email, putting it into, into various categories, whether it's a value-based email, whether it's a sales email, whether it's a hook email. I was just like literally like copy-pasting everything, right? And I was like really learning the tricks and the traits so of So you were learning from subscribing to other people's Correct. I was, fun I was funnel hacking before I knew what funnel hacking was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that was the only way for me to really um, understood what the industry looked like, especially having invested like literally almost all of my like life savings, right? Mm. This is, I had to make this work. And back then I was living in a shared house with a bunch of my uni mates um, in Melbourne. Um, and there was rent that, that, that's got to be paid and they were having so much fun partying. House, there were house parties that were being thrown. Um, I really needed to have the discipline to set aside time to work. And as long as I was not eating, you know, sleeping or doing any other thing, I was just putting my head down and learning the tricks of the trade and working and working and working and working. Um, and then I managed to sign my first um, commission-based sales client um, within the first month. Um, got significant results for him. Made my first 2 to 3K, right? And then signed even more clients and then hit 10K literally four weeks after investing. So good. <laughs> Ready, fire, aim. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing, you know. But what I love about it, it's, you know, it's kind of, borderline going well i don't i'm not actually i don't know if i'm good at what i'm selling you yeah but at the same time trusting yourself enough to give it the best crack ever exactly right? um yeah i have a question so 26 years old yeah you've now scaled your agency to two hundred twenty thousand dollars in a month yeah did you feel successful yeah. very good question um on an external basis yes um it's such an interesting journey for me because um, when I scaled my agency to 220000 a month, like there was, I was so jaded by the externalities that it didn't feel like what people would perceive it to be, you know, like, oh, um, like lots of money, amazing success. It just felt like another number. For me, because of how much I was chasing numbers, because of how much I placed my own self-worth in my business, I just felt that it wasn't enough. So I wasn't present or in gratitude with what I was receiving. I was simply looking at it from a place of, it's not enough. I need more. I need more. 
which which is something I'm I'm telling a lot of um, people that have conversations now that um, back then like I just wasn't grateful um, or present with the process or with the achievements that I was receiving. I took it for granted. I um, saw it as just another number that I get to hit. Um, there is always more. I just want more. I just want more. I would just want more. So for me, it was such a huge um, transformational realization when I began to look back um, on, on what I've achieved and be like, imagine if I had been more present with the process, um, I would have been able to bring to light, you know, the incongruencies that were at play on an internal basis, on a spiritual basis. Like, what do I actually want in business and what do I actually want to facilitate? Um, but that was a journey that I had to go through. Um, and it was not only when I began to tap into my unconditional truth as to what I truly want for me and what I truly want for the world that I began to realize that um, with regards to uh, money or with regards to external success, it is only ever as deep as the internal world that you choose to lean into. Mm. Yeah. So what can, what can people do? Like, because I've, I've heard the story so many times of like, create so much success, get to the end and be like, mm, I feel empty or yeah. it wasn't what I wanted or... So knowing what you know now, uh, and I want to talk about, you've sort of, it feels like you've had this like rebirth kind of the other side. <laughs> so I want to talk about that. But knowing what you know now, what advice can you sort of give to people that are, Growing, chasing success, chasing money, um, how can they do it without sort of getting to that point and being like, ugh, is this so? Like, how can they yeah. happily achieve versus achieve to get to this promised land? Yeah. Um, gratitude and presence is the name of the game. Like, if you do not take time to actually reflect upon the actions that you're choosing on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a month-to-month basis, and you're just continually choosing to be in it, in it, because of the need to prove yourself to be um, someone that you think is meant to be successful in this world, instead of actually taking some time um, in your day, spending an hour, two hours reflecting upon um, what what are the choices that I've made? Um, How congruent are they to my values? Um, is this actually what I want to create for my life? That is when you really begin to see um, on a conscientious basis the lifestyle that you truly want to create for you and you do not get to the end um, wondering or like um, regretting or um, having resentment because um, you weren't aligned with who you were when you made those decisions and choices. So like self-reflection is such a huge thing that a lot of um, business coaches or people do not necessarily like encourage because they all just focus on the money. I just want to make the next 10K and the next 20K. But take some time, you know, take some time to zoom out, take some time to reflect upon why are you doing this in the first place? And instead of letting the distractions and comparison get in the way of your own success, right? Really um, drown all the noise and figure out what you actually want for you. Do you think a lot of what was driving you back then was trying to prove something to somebody or yeah so um it's interesting because uh, a lot of my transformational realizations that have come forth um in my um when i begin to tap into my own spirit it's that i have a lot of core father wounds mm. um so a lot of what i chose to do especially when it comes to money um was to prove to my dad that hey look at me i can be successful in this life um, especially coming from um, a childhood where uh, I felt as though I would never be able to live up to my parents' standards, where I felt as though I would never be able to live up to society's standards of what success meant, right? So experiencing that monetary success was a huge wanting to prove or needing to prove to my parents that, hey, look at me, look at me, um, I'm now successful. So it was still coming from a place of lack, 
coming mm-hmm. from a from a void that I wasn't aware of until I began to tap into where are my decisions and choices coming from. Mm. You know. So do you think like because I've talked so many like I I, I think it can be useful to some degree, right? Yeah. Because it sort of like gets you off the ground. Like if, like some of the most successful people I've met started because they had a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. But at some point they've got to, you know, it, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, you know, but at some point they've got to sort of transition and be like, well, how am I doing this for me and moving towards the thing they want versus Correct. away from what they don't want. So exactly. what, what's your sort of tips on how someone can discover their own mission and, yeah. and build a life and build a business, a successful business in life around what's true for them. Yeah, so um, there are three specific tiers people get to go through when they actually begin to create their own business, right? Um, especially when um, you are really facilitating a lifestyle that you truly want to live. The first phase is you need to have the drive. Like you need to have the drive and the willingness to live a different life. If you do not even have that, there is no way you would choose to do something different, right? So ambition, like achievement, that is um, initially for a lot of people, that is where you begin to see a different uh, modality or different uh, way of thinking or different uh, mode of life. Like we have to have that, like I want something different. I want a different lifestyle and then go for it, right? Uh, Because only in the acknowledgement of the drive and in the execution of that drive, that is when you actually begin to explore different things, like especially in the online space, there's like crypto, forex, copywriting, sales, um, speaking, um, coaching, like so many different ways to um, generate income and live a different life that like you begin to explore different things, right? But that can only begin when you have the drive to choose a different life mm. because it is only in that then you begin to explore and it's in the exploration then you begin to really tune into what are you most passionate about. Yeah, it's, it's actually got to start with some pain. Uh, you exactly. know, there's a story I share often. It's like there's this little boy walking down the street, yeah. pissed off at life, complaining about life, hoping that it would just get better for him, but he didn't want to do anything about it. And he walks down and he hears this dog howling and howling. He's like, yeah. rrr, rrr, rrr. and he walks closer and closer, gets louder and louder. Rrr. He walks up to this old man, he walks up to the old man, and he says, what's this noise coming from your house? What's going on? And he's like, well, it's, it's out the back. Let me show you. Yeah. Not creepy vibes on this old man's horse. Takes a little way for the house. Walks out the back and he sees this noise coming from his dog and his dog's sitting right there and he says, what's wrong with your dog? He says, well, he's sitting on a nail. And the little boy's like, then why does he just get off the nail? And the old man says, because it doesn't hurt enough for him yet. And I really think that so many people are going through this life complaining that they're not yeah. happy where they are yet. But what it is, they haven't actually tapped into what's... So, like. Because if it's, it's too good to get off the ass and do something. Because mm. I think really changing your lifestyle and tapping into new habits or changing your circle or making an investment like that is scary. Yeah. It's easier. It's more comfortable. It's safer to stay exactly where we are. Correct. But if where we are doesn't suck that bad, yeah. we'd rather just keep complaining about it and hoping that it gets better. Yeah. But not until it, it sucks enough for us to actually be willing to do something. So not until the pain of actually doing action outweighs the pain of staying the same, then we'll stay the same. Correct. So it's really yeah. useful in the beginning. As, yeah, especially at the start, especially to the point where you have not yet found your calling. Like that is so important. So yeah. calling comes after passion, after per- like that's after passion, right? The calling, it's like literally your own innate inner quest that you have yet to awaken 
and it can only be awakened when you begin to clear the bullshit, the noise, the shame, the guilt, the fear, the anger, to really tap into your sacred neutrality, to really discover unconditional love within yourself, that's when you begin to tap into your calling, your true calling, your true inner quest that you're born in this lifetime to execute, right? So at the start, like, pain is necessary, but when you begin to tap into your calling, you begin to be aware of the pain and you begin to transmit the pain way more quickly. So um, one thing I want to um, emphasize as well, like for those of you who have not seen the um, concept David from David R. Hawkins, like the map of consciousness, yeah, it really explains why people go through those levels, right? So um, for those of you who do not know, so the map of consciousness essentially puts emotions on a vibrational energetic spectrum. Um, and certain emotions vibrate at a lower density than other um, emotions. So for example, shame vibrates at a lower frequency than guilt because shame is, I am not enough. Guilt is, I'm not doing enough, right? And then guilt vibrates at a lower frequency than fear and then anger and then courage and then sacred neutrality and then love, joy, peace, right? So a lot of us, um, we experience that fear. So for example, when I invested in myself, I was so fearful. But when I began to transcend that fear, invest and start executing, I began to find anger as to like, why did I end up in this situation? Like, mm. how did I do it? And I transmute the anger towards like, I'm going to fucking execute into courage, right? And then you just keep going and going and going because now you have this um, default um, emotional vibrational frequency of courage and you just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. Until you begin to zoom out and be like, why do I just keep doing and doing and doing and doing and doing? Then you arrive at sacred neutrality. You begin to question like the purpose, why, 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 why? And then you begin to find your calling. Yeah, it's like the thing that got me to where I am won't get me where I need to go. Exactly. To continually transform. Uh, you started talking about, is, is there like a few steps? Yeah, like there's quite a number of like... No, back back then you're like, there was a few things. You're like, number one is they need to, then you start talking about, you know, discover that pain. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, is so um, like, so number one, it's you need to have the ambition, the drive to break free. Yeah. And then that is when you find your passion. You find a certain level of purpose, right, in life, right? And through that, it's through the solidification of that purpose, the clearing of the bullshit, the tapping into your unconditional truth, the inner quest of who you are, why you're born in this world to do, your purpose began to evolve into a calling, mm. right? And that calling is just something that inspires you. From the start, like, to have drive, you're usually being motivated. But when you have that calling, you're continually inspired. It's a pull rather than a push. Right? And that's yeah. when you begin to be more aware of the pain. Right? And that's when you do not no longer need pain to drive you forward. Yeah. yeah. And this is often why a lot of people will, not self-sabotage, but maybe, but end up in similar positions where they, it's, I, I, I explain it in terms of like different standards of living our life. Most people, yeah. and I do this in, in my room, like put up your hand if you're, if you're in a relationship. Put the hand, I say, keep up your hand if you're a good partner. Yeah. And they all keep up their hand. Yeah. And I say, I, I fucking feel sorry for you guys because you're settling at good, which society sets us up to live at a good life. Good is seven out of 10. Mm. It's average. It's seven out of 10. Then there's a great life, but the hardest shift is from good to great. Yeah. Good to great is like really changing a lot of your habits, a lot of your attitudes, a lot of everything. Correct. Great is eight out of 10. Then there's excellence because once you're starting to already sort of do great stuff, you're like, oh, what more? You can start to stack it more. Excellence, nine out of 10. But the unfortunate thing is most people, high achievers will stay there. Yeah. Because there's, I, I ask in our, in our rooms, I'm like, who knows Kathy Freeman? Now, if you're an Australian, you probably know Kathy Freeman. She won a gold medal doing a run fucking ages ago, 20 <laughs> years ago, probably. And, but uh, nearly every single person will put up their hand and say, yeah, I know Kathy Freeman. I said, cool. Who knows the woman who came second in that race? Yeah. No one. But she lost by a few milliseconds. 
So the difference between a national fucking hero 20 years on and a nobody is a few milliseconds. Yeah. It's the difference between excellence and world class. Yeah. But these are standards that we can play at. But most people won't go into this until good becomes that one step down, which is a six out of 10. Yeah. Where it's like, fuck, this actually sucks. I need to get at least back to a good because good is just good. Like, especially where exactly. we live on the Gold Coast or where you used to live. Yeah. People can live, people can have a normal paycheck, like an, a minimum wage paycheck. Yeah. And with that, they can still finance a new car. Yeah. Live in a share house not far from the beach. Go out to Burley Pavilion every single weekend, have some margaritas. <laughs> yeah. Life's good. Yeah, like, life exactly. Ain't, life ain't bad. Life's good. It's not great though. But mm. until to get them to that next level, it's really to go, what if you had this good life still in 10 years? What if you're still yeah. just going down to the belly path, making this money, doing nothing with your life? Yeah. And when they can really sort of tap into, well, shit, if I don't do the thing I know I need to do in 10 years, then that's more pain than what it is to say right here. I'll do something. Exactly. Because people think they have all the time in the world until mm. they realize they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a race. Do you? I feel like I'm in like a marathon. Yeah. like Marathon, uh, but I'm... But I'm I'm watching like the clock. Marathon with multiple sprints. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like in, in various ways, yes. Because it's also a fine balance between like. What's up, Dream Nation? Have you ever wondered how far ahead your life would have already been if you had got access to this type of content at a younger age? Look, this is why I need your help. I'm trying to build the number one personal development platform out there to teach you guys the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live your dream life and to bring the type of education that we all wish we had in school. This show only grows by word of mouth and new subscribers, so it would mean the world to me if you could smash that subscribe button right now, leave us a five-star written review or drop a comment below and share this episode with a friend. I would be forever grateful. All right, now let's get back into this episode. Um, sprinting and then like um, being sustainable as well. Yeah. It's a really fine balance with regards to that, which comes back down into how you're, how you're structuring your lifestyle. Mm. Um, well, didn't you didn't you nearly like burn out in the beginning? Oh man, I burnt out twice. What, like, what happened? Um, so, the, like think about this, right? Like when I first started, it was just full on. You know, when I got to my first 10K month, I started scaling a sales agency. Um, I had a Filipino um, client flew me out to the Philippines to train the sales team. I began working on events with Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. Like everything was just like, and that was within six months of being a freelancer, mm. you know, like it was just full on. I was just working my ass off because um, I was just so like in a way desperate and there's a huge need within myself to be like, I need this to work. I need this to work. I need this to work. Um, and at the same time, of course, there were certain levels of um, enjoyment, you know, because it was a whole different way of being, a whole different way of life. Um, but I wasn't looking at my health. Um, I wasn't looking at my well-being. Um, I was just looking at the numbers. I was just looking at the achievements, like the externalities instead of the internal world. Um, so I was working like, like there were times where I was sleeping at 2 a.m., waking up at 5, um, waking up at 6, you know, like just take a sales call because of U.S. clients. Um, and it came to a point in time where I was just like, I can't, I, I, there was this morning where I woke up and I, I had a sales call. And I was just like, I, can't, I, 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 I just can't get up right now. And, and in my, my, my mind was telling me that, my spirit was telling me that. Um, but I was also beating myself up for not being able to get up. So I was just stuck in this level of dissociation. I was just like, what the, f what? I did not come all this way to be stuck in a rat race that I didn't even know that I've put myself in. 
you know? And that was when I really began to structure my life um, towards a level of well-being. So that was the first time I burnt out. Um, the second time was when I was scaling the agency um, and there were aspects of the agency um, in the business partnership that I was in that wasn't serving me. Um, and I took on a lot of the responsibilities. I took on a lot of the pressure. Um, and I wasn't honoring myself in the um, relationship, in the dynamic, in the business. Um, I was um, almost supporting, you know, both of our lifestyles. And I wasn't voicing out because he was my initial mentor. And I subconsciously put him on the pedestal without realizing it. And it was only in the realization and acknowledgement of that that I began to shift my dynamic and began to honor myself more. If not, I would have continued to go down the path of burnout because I was literally carrying everything on my shoulders. Um, so at the end of the day, like really it's you have to tap into um, what is the most elevating for you and what's the most expensive for you and operate from that place instead of continually putting your head down and just charging forward without taking a break or without even questioning why you're doing this in the first place. Where, where do you draw the line of having this desire and this hunger to want to yeah. work and all the hustle culture online and where do you draw the line of going, this is productive yeah, and this is destructive? Like, yeah. Where do you draw the line of being a high performer but while maintaining your sanity and your health? Like, where, where do you find that? Yeah. So first things first, the first principle is run your business instead of letting your business run you, Right. Um, create a business that integrates into the lifestyle that you want instead of the other way around, right? That is the principle that a lot of us have to hold, have to actually integrate in order to prevent uh, us from just running ourselves to the ground, right? Because naturally, because we love what we do, especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, um, we, will, we will keep working. Like we won't stop, right? But it is in those moments where we want to work but we are feeling resistance because um, perhaps we've been going at this for like way too long without taking a break. That is when you have to really tune into what does your body and what does your mind need the most right now. Mm. And if the answer that's coming up for you is rest and relaxation, you've got to give it to yourself, right? You've got to give it yourself, give it to yourself without feeling guilty. So for me, how I structure my week now, it's I have weekends completely off work, right? Of course, there will be messages that come and I will respond accordingly, but on, on a generic basis, like I'm not working on a weekend. I'm just going to have fun with my friends, with my, um, um, like just hanging out, having fun, socializing, right? Revitalizing, sometimes even giving myself days off, like just giving the entire day for myself. Um, and I also decided that I've stopped work at 6 p.m., mm -hmm. right? Every night, right? So I get to hang out with my friends at night, chat, like enjoy myself because as you said, this is a marathon, right? Which allows me to create so much structure where I know when I get to rest, when I get to full-on focus, and when I full-on focus, I know I've got this dedicated time and I'm going to give my all. Whereas some people just, you know, because they never put in rest times, right? Um, they're not exactly as productive in a specific time slot because they know it subconsciously they go the entire day. Yeah, th that was the biggest thing that changed for me when I actually started to give myself time off as well. Yeah. I get more done the time I allow myself to work now 100%. than when I used to working 12, 14, 15 hours a day. I can do more in five hours than I could in 10, 12 before now. hundred percent. And, um, and the results like, and what I've noticed is I don't need to do as much as well. Yeah. Cause I, like, it's just, it's total different energy. Um, but I love the designing the business around you. Cause that's everything I teach. It's like life by design, yeah. create an incredible life, find a way to make a shitload of money, doing things you love and then yeah. make that money around the life you want to create. Correct. Like we were talking about this the other day at the beach. I'm like, yeah. you know, like, hmm, I could really scale my business right now. 
really big mm. like fucking i could really pump it um but it would involve me having to have sales teams a lot more operations daily calls tracking blah 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 all this shit i don't like mm. and i'm like or what we do is we just the only intakes we do for our business is really around the events because i love teaching i love training yeah. and then in between all my events i chill like i've been in bali for an entire month and i've yeah. sort of kicked back quite a bit and then at the end of the year we'll take another two months off and we'll probably go to europe yeah and that's the life i want yeah like exactly. i don't want to be you know traveling and then have all this bullshit i need to look at it. like fuck exactly that. you know um and I, and I thought about that and it's a hard thing to sort of juggle because i'm like oh, i could make more money over here correct yeah but like it's not that's not the drive for me i'm like the drive for me is making as much money as i can possible in the lifestyle that i love correct that's the most I, important thing if i can make gangster money while still traveling and having all this fun then that for me is an extremely successful life Exactly. It's so important to for us all to integrate that. Like, really, what is the lifestyle you want to lead and build a business around it, mm. right? Do not let your own insecurities um, get dragged into the picture where you begin to build a business for the purpose of proving to someone or for the purpose of comparison and then get your lifestyle because you're now subscribing to someone else's um, potential um, perception of what um, successful business is. Yeah. Um, for someone... Starting an entrepreneurship. Yeah. What, what's the first steps look like? Like, let, let's say, let's talk from zero to 30K a month. Yeah. Become fucking good at sales. At sales? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Become fucking good at sales. Like, if you can sell, you will never be hungry. Like, mm. if you can sell, you will never be hungry. Like, you will always have money in the bank, right? As long as you know how to sell. Because you can literally sell anything, right? From um, your, the things that you do not want anymore that are lying around in the house, right, to um, like just knocking on doors and selling various items, right, as long as you know how to sell, right, and the reason why I say this is because for a successful entrepreneur, like a lot of the times, right, the primary first step is selling us to us, right, it's selling you to you, right, it's, it's yeah. knowing that you're good enough to do this, right, you're literally selling yourself to you. How, how does someone sell themselves yeah. themselves yeah number one is um you have to acknowledge where your strengths at you need, you need to acknowledge where your weaknesses are you need to acknowledge where your gaps are right you need to acknowledge um what do you actually want what are your true desires and dream outcomes so think about this like even this four specific pillars that you know the dream outcomes you want to achieve the challenges that you have the strengths that you have it's also aspects that you engage with on the sales call so in a way, you're also selling. You're selling every single thing you do, you're essentially selling you to you because selling at the end of the day is influencing and persuasion. And selling is such a transformational process because selling is essentially taking someone from point A to point B. That's it, right? And if you look at every single self-development, every single business is taking people from point A to point B. Every single transaction, every single relationship, every single dynamic is getting someone from point A to point B. Mm. And that's sales. Right, so at the start, like the most invaluable skill for you to begin to integrate, it's become a sales professional, right? Become a sales professional, start becoming, um, start selling for other people, right? Get used to the industry. So, for example, if you really want to become a coach, right, get a sales job in the coaching industry. You begin to learn the ins and outs of your entire sales process. You begin to understand how to communicate with clients in that industry. You begin to learn so much more than just sales itself, right? They will take you so much further than anything else. 
Like, think about this, like, um, on a generic basis, most successful uh, multi-millionaires, like billionaires, they started off as either sales closers, sales professionals, um, or in the army. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, like, we, we at our Elite Mastermind event we had a couple months ago, I drew it out there. I was like, I was like the, the fast track to really creating massive success. Yeah. Like, number one, what's the first rule in business? What's the first thing you should do in business? And when, I often joke about this because we had a couple of people... Um, they're like, oh, you should, you've got to create your website. <laughs> you got to do this. <laughs> All right, yeah. let, me, let me explain why I laugh. Yeah. Because I haven't had a website since I started my journey. Yeah. <laughs> we, I just got mine sort of good enough at the start of this year. Yeah. The only reason, because A, branding. Yeah. And B, I want to start opening the door for public speaking engagements. Yeah. And a lot of people like that are like, well, what's your website? So yeah, I'm like, fuck, let's put something together. Yeah, of course. It's not fantastic, but it's something. And it'll probably stay like that for the next five years because <laughs> it's so irrelevant. Yeah. It's so irrelevant. <laughs> um, but the number one rule, number first thing we need to do is make money. Yeah. We need to make money. And then we take the money and reinvest it to make more money. But, uh, you know, I joke because a few of the people were like, oh, we got shirts made up with our names <laughs> and all this shit. I'm like, throw all that shit out the window, man. Go and Literally. learn how to sell one fucking thing to yeah. one person Correct. and then do it more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. One offer, one channel, one sales process, it will even get you to 100K per month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what are some common mistakes you see people make in their first, um, first few stages of the journey? Yeah, the biggest one is shiny object. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest one because like think about this right the where you come from we have never been taught how to become an entrepreneur right we've always been taught how to be an employee for someone else right so when you begin to start your business journey you're literally learning something you've never learned before right at an age where you're not necessarily as susceptible to the learnings as when you were young so you literally had to unlearn so many of the bullshit and relearn so many different things that it takes time. Mm. Like on average, on average across the board, people take around about 12 months to two years to even get a six-figure business up and running on average, right? So don't look at the people, don't look at the exception to the rule. Um, people are achieving six figures in like one month, achieving six figures in like six months. Do not look at the exceptions to the rule. Right? Look at the generic basis and understand that it takes time right, for you to really dial in your skills. So if you're putting 100% focus with the specific skill, with the specific industry, you're going to achieve so much more than diverting your, your focus multiple different areas because you feel as though, oh, for the first two months, this is not working. Fuck it, I'm going to change. Right? I'm going to change. And then for the next three months, oh, this is also not working. I'm going to change. Right? And you're not giving yourself the gestation period or the uh, momentum effect to take place, right? which kind of bites you in the dust. So I've known so many people who have done so many different businesses but never got to the level of success they've wanted after 10 years in business after 15 years in business because they tried too many different things instead of settling on one and going all in on that. Mm. Right? That's a shiny object syndrome. That's number one, the biggest thing. Number two, their relationship with themselves, right? Their own self-worth journey, right? You can only sell something or sell yourself to the depth you have sold yourself to you, right? You can't sell yourself past that. Right, so that's why I always say like business is also such a huge self development journey. Massive, massive, right? Because you're literally elevating your self worth, and self worth that's not coming from a place of ego, because ego is usually comes from a place of you're not good enough, like mm. making it seem as though you are, right? Mm. Which is a very um, interesting paradox to play with, right? But self worth coming from a place of instead of I am God, you're embodying like God I am, 
right? I have no need to prove to people that look at me, look at me, look at me, that I'm this, I'm that. It's like, I know I'm this. I'm simply going to execute. I don't need to tell anyone or prove to anyone who I am and what I'm doing. I simply speak my unconditional truth, right? So that is such a huge journey for someone to go through because we've been told our entire lives that if you don't do this, you're not good enough. If you don't achieve this, you're not enough. If you do, like... If, you, if you're not like this, you're not loved, right? So all of these different things really affect our psyche. So number two, it's like your relationship with yourself. Are you loving yourself unconditionally or is there levels of your shame, guilt, fear, and anger that you're still repressing, right? That you're still not acknowledging, right? So I always tell people like, we when we have a conversation, yeah, we can talk about achievements, but let's go. Like, what is the deepest shame you've ever felt? Mm. What is the one thing you have not told anyone? Let's, let's share it right now, right? That's the biggest thing. So that's number two. Right, the journey of self-worth. What's the one thing you've never told anybody? What's the one thing I've never told anybody? Um, actually, I've begun to tell so many different people already that it's not just that one thing. It's like multiple different things. Um, um, for me, the biggest thing in the past was um, the shame behind like um, what it meant to be a man with regards to how many women you choose to sleep with. Um, so I attached my self-worth to... Um, an idea of what a successful man should be, meaning sleeping with multiple women, and I wasn't honoring my purity in myself. So um, the biggest thing that I've not shared with anyone was the fact that um, I lost my virginity when I was 26. Yeah, and that was a huge thing um, because I was, before I engaged, or I lost that, um, I had sex for the first time, I was telling everyone that, hey, I've had sex with multiple different people because I was... Mm wanting to be seen as good enough. I, wa I was wanting to be um, accepted as a successful man. But yet I wasn't acknowledging my own purity or my discernment in who I choose to give to, um, which was more of a truth for me than trying to subscribe to an idea of a man because of what society determines a man should be. So that was my deepest shame. And it was only in the acknowledgement of that that I began to really dive into my own sexuality and began to experience um, sex and relationships in a whole different way. And that was, in the shedding of that shame, I really began to connect with unconditional love for self. So that was the biggest one. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. I cut you off. You were going through steps. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but that was a powerful share. Um, yeah. yeah. So one, two. Um, so the first one was, um, what was the first one again? Um, what were we talking about? A shiny object syndrome. Yeah, shiny object syndrome. Number one. Yeah, number one. Number two, self-worth. Yeah. Number three, the comparison game. Mm. The comparison game. Like, um, the comparison, like us comparing ourselves with others, like not just comparison, comparing ourselves with others, but comparison, comparing ourselves with an idea of who we should be. So which is a set of um, traits, characteristics, like which is so perfect because it literally leads on from my from my share with regards to sex, right? Like, you should be this. This is what it means to be successful. Like, these are the set of rules and regulations. Only if you achieve this, then you are successful to everyone else. Mm. This is a comparison factor. Comparing, comparing yourself to others, comparing yourself to an idea of what society deems success to be, comparing yourself to anyone but who you truly are and what you truly want. Right? That's the biggest thing because that is the one thing that um, it's literally... It literally takes you away from spirit because we know that deep down we are unique because I'm going to go spiritual right now, right? If we understand um, the concept of oneness, right? Universal consciousness, right? Where every single matter, right? In this earth 
in this lifetime, in this universe that you see, has been brought forth by a singularity known as the Big Bang, mm-hmm. right? On a scientific note, right? So if it, everything came forth from a singularity, right? Think about this. Isn't it crazy that the Big Bang, if we, if we really think about it, like the Big Bang is still happening. We are at the tail end of it. It's still happening. Things are still like evolving. Things are still like, you know, the ripple effect is still happening. Mm-hmm. So if we understand that, like everything is still happening, right? From the beginning of time till now, then we are all connected in various ways, right? History created the present. The present will create the future, right? A worthy future can only be created through a worthy now, right? A worthy now can only be created from a worthy history, from a worthy past, right? So when we begin to understand the interconnectedness of all things, we begin to understand that we are all simply different expressions and different parts of a unified whole, which means we are unique expressions, right, of a unified whole. Every single one of us belong in this earth because we serve a greater whole, right? Mm-hmm. And if we begin to realize that you lay every, every individual, you lay their timeline on a piece of paper from the beginning of their birth till now, you will see that every single individual is different to its nuances, to its specificities. So if we begin to realize that, that we're all simply different expressions of a unified whole and we're all contributing to the greater good of all as best as we can, then there is no need for comparison. What is there to compare? <laughs> Far out. Dude, that was fantastic. Um, man, this has been such a great chat. And uh, just quickly give them like a 60-second what are you doing now in business? Because obviously everything we've talked about, that was what you created, you blew mm. it up, and now you're like on this whole new journey of doing your mission uh, yeah. business, right? So quickly tell them, what, what is it you're really doing now? Cool, awesome. So um, I am currently, first, so I'm gonna give you, um, you guys like a brief overview of the vision and um, what I'm wanting to facilitate. So I have been in the coaching and consulting industry for almost four years now, right? And I begin to tap into why that is the case, right? especially coming from a meritocratic society where the education system did not serve me. Uh, my vision is to revamp the education system towards a more holistic whole where every single society and individual gets access to educate, um, education. Because um, if we realize that like, the need for control, like depression, um, murder, rape, um, all of these different uh, acts of violence in the world right now is because of people's inability to control themselves, right? And why are they... Um, unable to control themselves is because they are not feeling seen, they're not feeling heard, they're not feeling accepted by society, and because of that, they want control over others. It is only through education that they can only then begin to accept that within themselves to empower themselves to change their way of being. That's it. So education is such a fundamental basis, and I begin to realize why I'm in the coaching and consulting industry because I see it as the bridge, right, between the um, traditional education system to what can be what is coming forth, right? We are slowly moving into the age of spirit, right? We're currently at the forefront of the age of intellect, right? With artificial intelligence and all of these different things, right? We're moving into the age of spirit where we are beginning to understand there are supernatural abilities at play, right? We're moving into that, right? So when we begin to realize that that is the bridge, right? We need to, for me at least, I need to clear any incongruence or inconsistencies that happen in the coaching and consulting industry right now in order to arrive at a education system that actually serves the greater good of all. So that movement that I'm facilitating is the Global Freedom Initiative, 
right? Freedom comes for all of us or none of us, mm. right? Because we're so interconnected, right? Every action, no matter how minute, affects something or someone else in the ether, right? So the Global Freedom Initiative, it's this, right? I am you, you are me, we are all, right? So how do we facilitate that? It's through education, right? And that's why I'm currently um, taking everything that I have done in my digital marketing agency, serving coaches, mentors, and consultants, um, creating a system that allows um, coaches and consultants to clear any inconsistencies or incongruence in their, in their energetic field, in their business acumen, right? Getting rid of all the bullshit, all the borrowed beliefs, and actually tune into what, why are they even here on this earth? What is their specific purpose? What is the legacy they want to live? Facilitating, facilitating that into a business vehicle and scaling that to 100K per month because 100K per month is the benchmark where you evolve from simply just a startup venture into an organization, into a company. And that is the baseline, right? 100K per month business is where like things are validated. You're now um, an, a company or an organization and now you're ready to become an enterprise at like um, 1 mil a month or 10 mil a month. Right, so um, I see business as a vehicle for impact. I see business as a way for us to change the way the system operates, especially as innovators and entrepreneurs. And that's why um, the system that I'm creating is coined as the Legacy Impact System, helping coaches, consultants, mentors, practitioners, facilitators take their business to 100k per month consistently. Right, in truth, incongruent with their own personal legacy. Right, fulfillment, true freedom. I love it, man. Yeah. Dude, this has been fantastic. Uh, where can everybody get access to you? Uh, your Instagram's been taken down right now as we're recording. Fourth or fifth time. <laughs> uh, but hopefully it's back up by the time we put this out. So where yeah. can everybody find you online? So um, find me at um, on Instagram at the unconditional truth. So that is the Instagram profile for my book community because I'm currently writing a book for, uh, for everyone. So um, until my personal profile gets back up, right, um, which I'll be, I'll be tagging it um, on the Instagram profile for the Unconditional Truth, which what, you can follow me after. What's your old handle, just in case if it's... Um, that's, that's, that's my current handle. Your yeah. Ray one? No, I've, ch I've changed it all. <laughs> you don't have a Ray Punk anymore? Nope, I've changed it all. Yeah, oh, yeah. So a new man in front of us. Exactly. So just follow me at, at the Unconditional Truth. Um, and when my profile gets back up, you'll see it on the bio as well. So you guys can follow me there once my profile gets, gets back up. Right, but um, if at the time of this recording, uh, my profile is up, then follow me at, at R-A-Y underscore P-A-N-G-S-H, Ray Punk S-H, with the underscore in between. Love it. Um, yeah. Man, uh, final question. If you go back to your 18-year-old self, <laughs> little boy in Singapore, military, uh, what would be 30 seconds of advice you'd give him? Success or life is a journey, not a race. Be present with every single event, every single experience, every single interaction and relationship, right? And understand that intellect is merely opinion, but bewilderment is vision. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.